0: Welcome back to the Two Fish Podcast. My name is Nick. I'm Aaron. And this week we're wrapping up 1 John chapter 5. We're going to talk about faith in the Son of God.
1: That's right. We're diving back into 1 John. Uh, If you have not listened to the series on 1 John, go back, listen to 1 through 4 and join us back in here on 5. So we encourage you to open up your Bibles and read along with us and uh, just Dive into this together. Kind of the point of this podcast is we, we like to think of this as we're all sitting around a campfire and just trying to go through it and learn together.
0: Yeah, we haven't actually talked about that in a long time. That's just kind of what we do here on Two Fish Podcast. So again, like Aaron said, go back and listen to him because if you're just jumping in chapter five, that's like reading the end of the book before you've read the whole book or watching the end of the movie before you've seen the whole movie. And that's not cool. That's like spoilers. So don't do that. Go back and listen. So let's just start right away, wrap this book up, First John chapter five verse one.
1: Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and everyone who loves the Father loves his child as well. This is how we know that we love the children of God by loving God and carrying out his commands. In fact, this is love for God to keep His commands, and his commands are not. Burdensome for everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world? Only the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God.
0: Mm, That's good, that's like plain as day, right there. Who can win? Only those who believe in Jesus Christ. Yeah,
1: wrap it up. What more can you say? Like, it's right there. And we talked about this, and I I don't remember if it was chapter three of John, like he just lays it out so beautifully in my, my opinion. Yeah. Like it is very pointed and easy reading. Like I feel like he just compared to some of Paul's writings. Um, It'd be similar to James when we talked about James, like it comes out very plain English to me and this is what it is. And this is what you need to do.
0: Yeah. Backing up again, everyone who believes in Jesus Christ has become a child of God. That's awesome. We know we love God's children if we love God and obey his commandments. There again, plain as day, John is saying, you got to continue to obey God's commandments. You don't get to live now that you're a Christian. Here's your free pass to heaven just because you believed. He, God also wants you to obey his commandments. And through that, you know, we've talked about the fruits of the spirit before. Those are the fruits of our Christianity. Those are the things that when we become Christ followers, we're going to sh- start showing that fruit. And love is one of those huge things.
1: Yeah, I guess coming back to that, by loving God and carrying out, like carrying out is an action. This isn't like you just say the sinner's prayer and you're good to go. Yeah. Like you got some work to do. It kind of comes back to that faith without works is useless, I yeah. believe is is the saying. The two go hand in hand. You got to love God and got to carry out his commandments, which is a call to action, to love, a call to Get a little bit dirty.
0: Yeah, and then when we do those actions, when we do those works, not for our salvation, because we have that by believing in Jesus, but that's when we're going to, like he says here, we're going to have victory through our faith against the the evils of the world. I love it. Verse 6, And Jesus Christ was revealed as God's Son by his baptism in water and by shedding his blood on the cross, not by water only, but by water and blood. And the Spirit who is truth confirms it with his testimony. So we have these three witnesses, the spirit, the water, and the blood. And all three agree. So that's that's like John looking back and saying, Hey, remember, remember when Jesus was here, he started his ministry, he was baptized by John the Baptist. So he had that baptism and and the spirit came upon him and said, Hey, this is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Um, he talks about the blood. Obviously that's that atoning sacrifice on the cross. He lived that perfect life so that we didn't have to, and he took that punishment for our sins that we have and will commit, and he took those through the blood through his blood on the cross. And then obviously the spirit that lives within us now. Um, these three are all witnesses that Jesus was the Christ.
1: Verse 9, we accept human testimony, but God's testimony is greater because it is the testimony of God which he has given about his son. Verse 10, whoever believes in the Son of God accepts this testimony. Whoever does not believe in God has made him out to be a liar because they have not believed the testimony God has given about his Son.
0: There he goes again. Simply put, John's calling people liars. (laughs) He's he's keeping it direct. He's keeping it simple. Verse 9, since we believe human testimony, surely we can believe the greater testimony. It's like our human testimonies, what God has done through us, they're always going to point to the testimony of Jesus through the testimony of God about Jesus. You know what I'm saying? Like like if your testimony doesn't point towards Jesus, maybe you need to reevaluate your testimony and relook at it and say, have I actually done some changing that I need to change? Because when the Spirit comes in us and we believe in Jesus, it's going to start to make us change. That's the natural we're going to start to make changes and that's pointing towards that testimony of God.
1: I would say that's part of carrying out his commands. Like you're that part of that you're going to see that in your testimony that you are able to, you know, the big one we always talk about is love. You're going to be able to love different. Your love for people is going to be different than what it was before your testimony, your turning point. Yeah. Or as you called a lot of times your mountaintop experience.
0: Yeah. I think it's one of those things, and maybe a guest on a show before, Brian Cripe, he might be the one that I've heard say this, but I can't remember exactly how he says it, but those who have been forgiven the most, forgive the most. Or something to that effect, saying my testimony, God, man, it was I was a, just a trash of a life. I was living just for myself, 100%, and God forgave so many things in my life. That's going to start to turn around and reflect and how much God has done change in my life i can forgive this or i can forgive that about other people and it's just constantly that turning back towards god and god's testimony through us verse 11 and this is what god has testified he has given us eternal life and this life is in his son whoever has the son has life whoever does not have god's son does not have life and there you go right off the bat we're talking about eternal life. God's not really concerned in my, maybe this is just my opinion. God's not super concerned with our life here. Like he wants us to have an abundant life, abundant life in him, but his biggest priority. And you look at that with Jesus as he walked around and healed the lame and made the blind see. He always said, your sins are forgiven and go sin no more.
1: Yeah. I would probably phrase that. He wants us to live abundantly for him. That I love that. Like He doesn't need to give us an abundant life. That's our fleshly desires. He wants us to live abundantly for him.
0: And I think the definition, why that is, is the definition of God's abundant life and the definition of our abundant life is probably totally different. Oh, yeah. Guarantee it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I love what you're saying there. There again in 12, whoever has the son has life. Whoever does not have God's son does not have life. It's always about Jesus. Jesus is the way. We talked about that a couple weeks ago, kind of making fun of Oprah, saying there's more than one way. We were talking about the spirit of the Antichrist. And then in four, we talked about these false teachers, but false prophets. But it's that over and over and over again, you're reading scripture. Jesus is the only way. If you don't have Jesus, you don't have God. And you're not going to have that eternal life. Where does that leave the Jews? If they don't believe in Jesus... Yeah, are they still trying to live by the law? Yeah, I I mean, there's prominent Jews in our culture now, like uh, Ben Shapiro. He is a practicing Jew. I've heard that he won't turn on a light switch after Friday. Like they don't, they are law-abiding Jews now. He believes in Jesus as a man, but he doesn't believe that Jesus was the Messiah. Is is what in some interviews is what I am gaining from his understanding of scripture is. There's been multiple messiahs. There's been multiple people come like Jesus, but he's not the one that's going to be, quote, unquote, the Messiah. So when I look at that, you say, what do you mean about Jews? When I look at that, it's like, here's John saying, whoever does not have Jesus does not have God. Yeah. And I think that's a whole ministry. I think think they're living that, continue to live that pharisaical life, being Pharisees, being Sadducees, obeying the law to the T, waiting on Jesus to come, except they missed it. Right, and you can't live the law to the T. It was designed to be impossible. You needed Jesus. Right,
1: and part of the law would be part of God's commandments, but the ultimate commandment is to love God and love your neighbors. And as you love your neighbors, you're going to fulfill the law. But if you're only,
0: like, trying to check off the laws all the time. I think you can check off the laws without loving your neighbor. I yeah. think you can check off the laws and the rules. If you're just looking at Christianity as a rule book, oh, I got to make sure I do this, 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 and this. I can do all those, but still be angry. I can do all those and still step outside of Christianity. Still step outside. Be angry with God about certain su- situations. or not love my neighbor. I can take him to church, but I cannot love him. Yeah, I'm taking him out of anger because he needs to get right because he's done me wrong. Well, that's not loving your neighbor. That's not turning the other cheek, so to say. So, yeah, I think... Jesus said, hey, you got all these laws, but what I'm calling you to do is love your neighbor. And when you do that, all these laws are going to fall into place. Right. So it's that thing we always say is he's calling us to a higher standard. That's what
1: I, I, was, that's what I was looking for in my thought process yeah. is he calls us to that higher standard because it's not just don't have an affair with your, with your buddy's wife. It's don't even look at her. Yeah. Don't even lust after her. Don't even like he calls it to a higher standard and and that loving of your neighbor doesn't even, like neighbor is a conflicting word in my opinion like it says to love your neighbor but who's your neighbor is pretty much anybody you interact with and yeah at the end of the day that's who you should be loving um our series on first peter i think chapter 1 growing in your faith like at the end of that it was and finally you'll be able to love everyone not just your fellow believers but you'll come to a point your heart breaks for people that aren't believers and don't believe that the Son is God's testimony as this is pointing to. Your heart will break for them, but you'll still be able to love them.
0: You'll have to show empathy. You'll have that, which then again is going to start planting seeds in their life to point them towards Christ as your testimony. Verse 13, I have written this to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know you have eternal life. We're confident that he hears us whenever we ask for anything that pleases him. And since we know he hears us when we make our request, we also know that he will give us what we ask for. Let's pause right there. I think we got a little bit ahead of ourselves there when we are talking about abundant life and uh, what we want right there is so, is so good because verse 14, we are confident that he hears us whenever we ask for anything that pleases him. So just because I want a, a Lamborghini or a Ferrari, Well, that's not necessarily pleasing God. He's not going to, based on what John says, and maybe this is one of those verses that completely gets taken out of context because you leave part of that out, is that pleases him. He wants to be pleased. He wants to be glorified in everything we do. And if we're driving around in a Ferrari or Lamborghini or whatever it is, is Lamborghini even cool anymore? I don't know. That might have been something early I I would still like one. Yeah, I'd take one. But those things aren't pleasing to him, and those things aren't pointing people to Jesus. They're pointing people to look at you. And that's you placing yourself above God. If you want people to look at you, which I've done that, guilty of that all the time. You know what I mean? Like, everyone wants to be noticed. Everyone wants to be. But if that takes away from, like we talked about just a second ago, our testimony that points toward God, I don't believe that pleases God.
1: Yeah, the good old keeping up with the Joneses. But the way you were describing that, almost putting yourself as an idol. So are are you putting yourself out there as an idol or as mine reads we ask anything according to his will he hears us so i like pray according to his will is it his will that you have a lamborghini i highly doubt it yeah might he bless some to have that capability yeah but did he really want them to have a lamborghini i don't i don't know
0: yeah doesn't seem from the christian perspective if you look at the acts and you look at the old testament or the, the early church i should say they were giving it all away And so that seems like maybe that's not a great stewarding of God's assets, let's say. Now, that's not to say if you have a Lamborghini, you are a bad person or unchristian. And if you do have a Lamborghini, please contact us at twofishpodcast at gmail.com. We would love to get with you, whether it's in support for this ministry or just a ride. That'd be pretty sweet. So, yeah, money, a Lamborghini, those things are not necessarily bad. It's the heart behind them. Are you asking God for those things? to get attention on you a
1: selfish desire
0: or is it for kingdom building we used to talk about that all the time on the show kingdom building is that what it's for and even then that could be sticky you hear those pastors are like god told me i need a brand new private jet maybe he wants you get in a van and drive you know what i mean right because you're going to touch more people that way because you're going to have to stop for gas and you're going to have to minister you know what i mean like
1: yeah that comes back to chapter four and testing against the spirits yeah like are you hearing? god or are you hearing the devil whisper some some good stuff in your ear and you're like "Ooh, that sounds good i'm yeah. gonna do this i'm gonna get a lamborghini and i'm gonna get a hot wife and all yeah. these good things but is that really god telling you hey go and do this so you yeah. can get a lamborghini and a hot wife
0: that makes me think of a friend a mutual friend of aaron and i's i won't say his name because i didn't ask him if i could say this but he was in an accident a long time where he was working two jobs, making good money, and he got in an accident that required him to cut back. I think he was out of a job for a long time, but he, I, he, I remember him saying he would just—he was angry with God and said, God, I could serve you so much better if you hadn't have done allowed this to happen to me. And he was a little bit bitter with God because he got in this accident, but then he stopped and reflected it later, and he said, you know what? I would have continued to chase that dollar by having those two high paying jobs. He would leave one, take a nap and go to the other one in reflection said, you know what? I would have continued to chase that dollar and not have slowed down and see God and everything else. And so no, sometimes having all that extra stuff is getting in the way of being able to do what God's called us to do.
1: And then I think verse 15 is kind of a confirmation of when we're in alignment with God and asking for his will. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of him. So if you receive something that you asked for, you know that you're asking for things that are of God's will. If you're asking for things and not
0: receiving
1: them, maybe it's not God's will.
0: And maybe not at all, but maybe in that season. Maybe God's asking you to focus on something else. Yeah. And maybe in a future future season we might come back to that but right now that's not my plan sometimes the best answer prayers are the ones that he doesn't answer that's not scripture but it's a good <laughs> saying <laughs> no that's uh what's his name country artist i think he sings anyway Garth brooks i think he that's one of his songs i don't know anyway verse 16 if you see a fellow believer sinning in a way that does not lead to death you should pray and god will give that person life But there is a sin that leads to death, and I am not saying you should pray for those who commit it. All wicked actions are sin, but not every sin leads to death. Man, that's a tough scripture. That's a tough verse. I
1: agree. I think it's really tough. And the little bit of reading I've done on this, you could do a lot of reading on. So I kind of take this as those that don't even believe in God— There's a sin that is going to lead to death or maybe the backsliding Christian that has received God and the Holy Spirit. And as you pointed to, like your friend that was angry at God and he's just starting to live his own ways. And he's just like, I'm done with you, God. I'm not I'm not going to receive what you have for me. I want nothing to do with it. I'm going to live my my own way and I'm going to continue down this road over here with an unrepentant heart. I'm going to continue to do things my way. I'm going to follow my heart's desires, which are deceitful. And I'm just going to keep going down this road, I think are the sins that are going to lead to death. So basically you're, you're saying God is just a bunch of baloney and I'm not gonna, I'm not going to live that way.
0: And I think this can be, Definitely up for interpretation just because there's so many. Like, I hear everything you're saying there. But then then he says, I am not saying you should pray for that person who committed it. 16, if you see a fellow believer. So, we're talking about a Christian here. You yeah. See a fellow believer. Sinning in a way that does not lead to death. So, that's the that's the part that's in question here. What does that mean? You should pray and God will give that person life. So, like you said, and what we've read in preparation for this is... Those are the sins that maybe they're, they're not willful sins. They're not me going out and looking for sin. They're the daily sins that we all struggle with. They're the being tempted and falling into temptation and acting on it. Resisting but just failing.
1: Yeah, maybe being a Christian and getting too drunk type yeah. of thing. Yeah.
0: God's saying pray for that person. Pray for that person. And God will bring life into that situation. But there is a sin that leads to death, continuing on. And I am not saying you should pray for those who commit it. All wicked actions are sin, but not every sin leads to death.
1: So I'm, I'm picturing your fellow believer that, that you've already approached, you've already prayed for them. Yeah. Like you followed those biblical steps and examples of, of calling them out. Maybe you've gone to them with the elders. Like you've done all these things eventually.
0: They're purposely They're sinning.
1: purposely sinning. They know they're sinning. Like they've received God or at least they've said they have, and they believe in the Son, as this points to, this chapter points to. They believe in Christ and who he was and what he did, but they're continuing to choose an active life of sin with an unrepentant heart. And you've tried to call him out. You've tried to pray for him when it maybe wasn't as bad. He's saying, you know what, it's time to walk away.
0: And that's the hard part to think that that John's here saying, I'm not saying you have to pray for that person. Let them go. Hopefully they'll come back around. If if they truly did accept God, your thoughts would, at some point, they're going to be convicted and they are going to turn back. But the wages, Romans says, the wages of sin is death.
1: I, I guess I, ju- I just had this conversation with somebody. One of their friends has received God, and he's basically gone just totally anti-Christ. And somebody else that was walking with that person had been like, calling them out, calling them out, like, why are you living this way? Why are you doing this? And eventually just stopped doing it. And my friend talked to that person and said, how? Like, why why do you stop? They said this person is searching. They're searching for all the wrong things. But at the end of the day, if they're searching, they're going to run into God. So that's been my prayer to them. I no longer try to call them out face-to-face. And engage in that, more or less my prayer is they're gonna run into God. And hopefully that comes before death.
0: And that's tough scripture. But verse seventeen again, all action all wicked actions are sin. We gotta remember that. That's the tough part. And we need I think that's that repented heart. Yeah. Just always remembering, I'm sorry, God. You gave your life for me. You paid the punishment for the sin I just committed. Thank you. Thank you. And I'm gonna try better next time. I love that verse 18. We know that God's children do not make a practice of sinning, for God's Son holds them securely, and the evil one cannot touch them. We know that we are children of God, and that the world around us is under the control of the evil one. And we know that the Son of God has come, and he has given us understanding so that we can know the true God. And now we live in fellowship with the true God, because we live in fellowship with his Son, Jesus Christ. He is the only true God and he is eternal life. Dear children, keep away from anything that might take God's place in your heart. So again, that's that's kind of just continuing on what we've been what we as we were breaking down that sixteen and seventeen is God's children, people that are truly saved, don't make a practice of sinning. It's not it's not something we're going and looking for. Staying away from sexual sin, orgies, drunkenness, that list that we've done, we've looked at before, it's staying away from those things. That's what children of God really do.
1: Yeah, and when we fall short in one of those categories, we come back to a repentant heart. But that doesn't mean that you get to continue to do them and always come back with a repentant heart. Like yeah. At some point, you got to knock it off. Like enough's enough. You know better. Yeah. you got to be able to hold the evil one captive, hold the evil thought, hold the evil desire captive, and not pursue it pursue the things of God, not the things of the devil.
0: Yeah, and I think just a great way here to wrap up this chapter 5, and again, the whole the whole book of 1 John is verse 20 there, and we know that the Son of God has come, and he has given us understanding that we can know the true God. He has given us the understanding to know what is right and what is wrong, what is sin and what is not. He's given us understanding to discern false prophets in chapter 4 and to love one another, and to have faith in God. And in verse 3, again, loving and living as children of God. This whole concept of what John is talking about here in this first letter that he writes, through Jesus, God has given us an understanding, and that's that Holy Spirit. And we need to continue to discern that spirit, making sure that we're standing in right faith with God, and making sure that we're not going off that path that he even calls sometimes as the spirit of the Antichrist. So there you go. There's another book we've done. First, John, great book. Like we said at the beginning of this episode, John just has an easy way, kind of like the Apostle James did, an easy way of making it plain, easy to understand, but doing a lot of heart check and conviction through all this. So as we wrap up today, thank you for joining us here on the Two Fish Podcast. Come back next week as I have plans to do something kind of special. So hopefully that'll come through, and we'll see you next week here on the Two Fish Podcast.
1: Thanks for tuning in this week. If you enjoyed this episode, hit those like and subscribe buttons. Also, head over to TwoFishPodcast.com to join the rest of the Two Fish community and all of our social media platforms.